From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton, episode 81, for March 3rd, 2014. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith, and we're welcoming back a familiar voice to Podcast Stockton. I'm Rod Gomez. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners, and if this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for checking us out. Rod, welcome back to Podcast Stockton. Thank you, thank you. It's welcome great to be Welcome back. Yay. I am no longer Yay. a guest. I'm, I'm actually back on the show. <laughs> he is back, back in black. Rod, what uh, what have you been doing uh, since the last several months since we uh, brought, brought you to interview you on the show? Uh, I've still been teaching, still been uh, working with the Thunder, and uh, still been holding down the airwaves at KHOP. So not much has changed, just uh, the date. Oh, and, and the Stockton Nissan Man on the Street commercial. <laughs> yes. Have you I'm seen guilty. that, Susan? Yes. The, the, if we don't... If if you find a better price, we'll give you five hundred dollars. Yeah, but they don't want to give you the five hundred dollars. They want you no, to, to buy a seat. No, no, they don't want to do it. They're gonna buy the car. Yeah, they want you to buy the car, and that's okay. Isn't but, that always the way? But it walking is. down downtown Stockton with a handful of uh, Benjamins is a uh, uh, pretty nice. Uh, Here's inside image. baseball. Those bills were fake. <gasps> really? Yeah. They didn't look fake. Yeah, see, and that's that's television magic. That wow. Was, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. But uh, no, other than that, just been, uh, you know, still plugging away, doing the things I do. And um, was happy that you guys extended the invitation to bring me back on the show. I feel like I'm at home again. Welcome We're home. Back in the Outback Studios. Back in the Outback. It's it's great to be here. And I look forward to uh, really just plugging out and, and, and getting all those interviews and talking to people and, and bringing the great uh, points of Stockton back on the airwaves. Uh, I've certainly missed it. In today's episode, Rod sits down with Adriana Broger. And Rod, I feel like I feel like she's been on the show, but she hasn't because, of course, she was the reason we got on KCRA all those number of years ago. So she's always been a supporter of our show. Um, but Adriana has done a, a, a lot of work in... in um, Radio and television and multimedia. Absolutely. And and her story is one of this community. She loves uh, the area. Her kids keep her active in the community. And uh, she does a lot to give back to, um, you know, not only Stockton, but uh, but the Central Valley. And, and it's a great story. And we had some fun talking. We've been friends for a while. Uh, but this is the first time in a formal interview setting. So uh, we had a blast and uh, just love to tell you her story. All right. Let's hear the interview. joined today by somebody who needs no introduction to me, uh, very familiar with this young individual, uh, but for the rest of you, it's Adriana Broger, who uh, among other things is currently a uh, Delta College radio television instructor, but as we'll find out through the interview, so much more than that. So welcome to the show, Adriana. Thanks so much, Rod. I appreciate the invitation. I am honored to be a part of Podcast Stockton. I remember reaching out to Matt and um and, and just telling him I was really impressed because certainly I love Stockton and I think that the message of Stockton being a good place to live with great people and uh, folks who are just doing all kinds of good things is a great message and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it today. Your story doesn't start in Stockton. You actually came uh, here in a very interesting way. So just talk about your journey to Stockton. 
So which time? Once upon a time, as I. <laughs> well, really, I mean, you know, you you obviously came as a, um, an immigrant. And, uh, yes. Yeah. So okay. So true story. I was born in um, San Jose, Costa Rica, and that is in Central America, not an island. Very funny. Now, every time I say I'm from Costa Rica, um, or most of the time, rather, there will be people who say, what? I love Puerto Rico. Or they'll say, I, that's, a, that's a great island. I'd love to visit. Um, Costa Rica is, uh, is bordered on the north by Nicaragua and to the south by Panama. And yes, I was born in Costa Rica and came to the United States um, when I was about two years old. And at the time, um, Obviously, I didn't speak any English, and my mom didn't speak any English. And so when we came to the United States, uh, we came because we had, she had one relative that lived uh, in Stockton, actually. So that's how the connection to Stockton happened. Um, but she was also, um, she was in school and pursuing education. And her English was, she had trained in, in some English, but it was very limited, of course, in, in terms of conversational ease and so uh it was it was interesting because i certainly have those memories of not knowing how to communicate with my um with my classmates in in preschool and in um early years of elementary school i also remember that back in the day um stockton unified which i was a part of um living in east stockton and south stockton um there weren't a whole lot of bilingual aids so i and many other kids who were bilingual or bilingual enough to to help out were the translators i don't know how how great of a job i did translating things once upon a time but um but no that is uh, thanks for asking me about that because that's a part of my identity that i am very very proud of um i love telling my students now that i i get to teach at a community college uh, a little bit about my story because I think, you know, I had less to do with that story being impactful and my mom had more to do with it, certainly, you know, because she's the adult there. But what that speaks to for me is just the importance of education and the importance of um, learning, the love of learning. My mom, like I said, she didn't speak a lot of English and I, my early memories were sitting at the Cesar Chavez Library before it was a Cesar Chavez Library. and she would just pile in a bunch of uh, books into these baskets and we would sit there for, I don't know, the entire day and just read book after book. So for me, The Tale of Mr. Jeremy Fisher is one that I can close my eyes and, and I can see him splashing around in his galoshes and at the end when he's going to have a watercress sandwich and, you know, just being a little kid. And I don't know how my mom read those things to me now as an adult we kind of laugh about it and i tell her i say mom how did you read that to me if you didn't even read english but again that just illustrates the fact that you don't have to a even read that same language or b be literate even as long as you know you're you're making sense of the words on the page to your kid that's all they care about so yeah as you know i am uh, an advocate for for learning and literacy and and we'll obviously touch on that uh that's a huge part of your life and we'll definitely touch on that in a little bit but like many people in town you left you i left did stockton. i did yeah so grew up in Stockton, left Stockton. Um, I went to Michigan after high school um, and I had family there and I was going to go to school in Michigan and one thing I wasn't counting on um, was finding somebody to that I fell in love with and that I ended up marrying and I moved back to California 
um, five years later with two kids and a husband and thought, holy cow, um, here we go. But the reason I actually moved back to Stockton was because it was hard to go to school um, with no support in, in Michigan. Um, my husband's family lived there, but it, they lived not in the same town that we did, and, and, and the schedules were such that we, we couldn't count on, um, on anybody for childcare. And when you have young kids and you really wanna go back to school, um, that's a concern. And we had limited income and paying for childcare all day was you know just not in the equation so I reached back to my parents and said you know if I move back to, to Stockton and enroll in school would you help out with the kids and they did and so um, when I moved back I was I had again I had been in school but I uh, came back to school uh, and I started at Delta College because I was looking for um, some radio television instruction backing it up a little bit before then was it while I was in Michigan and even before I left Stockton the first time I dabbled working as talent in commercials and uh, and doing some voiceover work and not ever really because I applied for it or because I thought that I had talent to do so it was really just because I fell into it just happened to know somebody who knew somebody who said hey why don't you do this and I said okay so it just fell into it um, and then as I was living in this is ironic and kind of funny as I think about my life, is I always lived within walking distance to a public access station. <laughs> and so in Michigan, um, it started with, uh, it was a Spanish-speaking show. And again, Spanish is my first language. So for me, working there, um, or not even working, as you know, you know, working, we say working, but it's for free, um, just because you're fascinated by all the cool things around and the toys and and you want to be a part of that world and you know certainly in public access there is all kinds of room to learn right <laughs> as anybody who's ever done that knows um if you have the time we will teach you <laughs> and so i just you know got involved in that it was a lot of fun um fast forward to when we moved here again i'd been doing some talent work and and i thought um, I was taking some early childhood education classes. That's where it started. I was going to be a preschool teacher. And um, and then I thought, you know, but I really love all that radio television stuff. Let, let me see if there's a class offered at Delta. Well, there was this class that's now no longer in existence. Um, it was RTV 71, and it was uh, broadcast performance. And I thought, wow, that sounds right up my alley. I'm going to take that class. And so I found myself in this class, and for the first time in my life, I found myself surrounded by other people who were as strange as I was and thought that they could do this professionally. And by this, I mean, you know, just surrounded with a room full of people who wanted to, to write, who wanted to create, who wanted to work as talent, who wanted to direct, who just wanted to tell stories. And I remember thinking, holy cow, I'm in the right place. And so I ended up taking all of the courses in RTV. And, uh, and it was interesting because I was actually working as commercial talent here in the area at the time. And uh, Mr. Story, I told him about my work. He was like, oh, I've seen those commercials. I, I know what you're talking about. And so he's like, what are you doing here? And I said, what do you mean, what am I doing here? I'm here to learn just like everyone else. And I explained to him that I didn't have any professional experience. I just fell into it again. Um, so anyway, long story short, um, or maybe it's a long story long, I don't know. <laughs> there was, um, there's just been a lot of opportunity for me. I've been very blessed that I, I meet people 
who know people and plug me in. And so um, I can't say that my career has been at all traditional. Uh, it, it's been, you know, a hopscotch and kind of pieced together, but it's been a lot of fun. I've had an opportunity to um, work as a broadcast performer and, and I get to do all kinds of fun things. So no, it's been good. And, and that's, you know, more than just bringing you on the show, it's bringing a, an inspirational figure like yourself. I mean, the, the stuff oh, that you had to go through, I know <laughs> I flatter you, but you're kind. It's, it's one of those things where, I mean, anybody who's ever met you and, and your students will attest to this is that your presence is always just so motivating for folks. And I think a story like yours, a successful Stocktonian, and somebody who's so involved in the community and, and does it all with, you know, four kids and 19 million jobs and just the many things that you do. And actually, let's talk a little bit about that. So you parlayed your Delta RTV experience to um, a position at Channel 3. Right. Where you were one of only maybe, what, two or three Stocktonians that have really even, not necessarily over the course of years, but in, oh, in the Oh, while I was there. Yeah, yeah, sure. While I was there. Um, so... When I was there, as I got there, Pamela Wu, Pam Wu was working there, and she is from Stockton, Lincoln High grad, I believe. Um, so Pam was there. She then left news, but uh, and Rich Ibera was was there. So I got to work with Rich, which was great. Will Harryford, longtime um, uh, partner for Rich Ibera, and yeah, I, I loved working with those people. Just really, really good people. Um, I will always say that I'm so impressed with the world of, of news and with the knowledge that people who work in news um, acquire over the years. These folks would say something and I was just amazed. How do you know that? I mean, like things, everything related from, you know, agriculture, economy, just it, anything, anything under the sun. And I think, you know, it, it's because they're exposed to so much. And so in the short time that I, I got to do that, I... I feel like I gleaned a lot, but I also, I feel like I grew up professionally there um, because I, I just, I learned so much. And I, I tend to tell my students too, that I think a, a, an education, a newsroom education is vital no matter what you're going to do in life, because you just get such a, an, an up close um, front row ticket to so many different things that you never would have thought, you know, you'd had the opportunity to do uh, otherwise. So that was really cool. So yes, I got to um, be a part of Stockton, and some things that I walked away from with that after that experience, thinking um, were number one, you know, I guess to be honest with you, a dissatisfaction of how Stockton is portrayed in the local media, and and here's the reason is we're not in Sacramento where the stations are based. So where the stations are based, they can cover breaking news, news of the day, but they also get to cover some fun feature stories, some stories that aren't related to crime and just, you know, your average, hey, this happened today and, and isn't this cool. We get to cover that much less in our area only because we don't have the resources. By resources, there's not an extra reporter and an extra photographer just, you know, able to cover those, um, those feel-good stories. So what we typically tend to see are those news of the day, crime stories, you know, here's the, the accident, the house fire, um, the officer involved shooting, I mean, what have you. That That's then what Stockton is over and over. And anybody who lives here knows, hey, that's not the case. There's so much more going on here. But it's not always portrayed. And so 
when I when I left, you know, that wasn't why I left. I actually left just because a a newsroom shift is anything but eight hours. <laughs> um, and then with drive time and all that, and, and then having a million kids and just and wanting a life, um, you know, I I was looking for more stable kind of uh, workload. But I love it. My heart is definitely still there. I'm still a news junkie. Um, I I love it, and I I live by proxy with a lot of my buddies who are still doing it. Um, it was good, but with that, you know, I think for me, I continue to want to tell stories that are in my opinion, more indicative of what is actually here in Stockton. And I think, you know, that's what you guys do here at Podcast Stockton. That's what we're at. So our mission statement clearly says, right? So Very cool. Um, and so you've, you've parlayed all of that again. I love that word. But you've, you've taken it, and, and now you're an instructor right. here at Delta College. Um, I say here because we're sitting in the studio, <laughs> so we get, I get that privilege. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, you're here at Delta College, and one of the great things that you've done so far is you've taken – what we knew as students, as our newscast, and just exploded it into something that, I mean, you could quite possibly put on <laughs> any one of the networks and Thank have you. it fly. And that's a big deal. Let's talk a little bit about the rebranding of the Delta College News. Sure. You know, I'm really excited that it's been so well received. I have to say, it's not, it's not anything that's new to us right now because it's, we've been doing Delta College news, as you know, since we were students here. And yes, it, it was a, it looked different, um, but still the, the idea was the same, to tell local stories, to highlight local events, and, and really just kind of fill in the gaps maybe where local media doesn't, isn't as local, I guess. Um, so we were doing that before, but what I've been able to, to bring back with me after my stint in, in Sacramento um, news was hopefully, I think, and maybe people see this, I hope, my hope is that they do, um, kind of mirror some of those industry standards in terms of what, what a news package looks like, um, what a soundbite looks like, um, all of these kinds of things for two, well, maybe the, m multiple goals. For me, as an instructor, number one, um, the goal is to, to teach the students something that would mirror what they see in their first internship, their first job shadow, their first job, okay? So I want them to be prepared so that once they're at that job, it's not like, oh my goodness, what is this? But hey, I've seen this before, you know, Broger referenced something like that, so I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to figure out the new stuff and I'll be fine to just move along. And then um, part two, right along with the students, is to give them that opportunity so that they can walk away from here with portfolio content that will help them get into these four-year universities. Because in broadcasting, especially broadcast journalism, um, this two-year experience at Delta College is going to be meaningful, I hope, and I pray that's very meaningful for them. But I also tell all of my students who want to work as journalists to go on and, and get a four-year degree um, because it's it's expected. So um, I want to help them get into good schools and I want to hope to give them tools that will help them be competitive in earning scholarships, you know, just all that good stuff. Okay. Then there's another point to that, and that's just as a Stocktonian, as somebody who lives here, um, I like covering cool stories. 
and stories that you know we wouldn't get to hear otherwise um, if it weren't for you know these local programs that fill in those gaps again. And so in our last program, I really loved the Boggs track story. Um, and that was Robert Duran. And Robert is a Delta College student who didn't really think that he would ever work on a news piece, I think. <laughs> when I met Robert, he was, you know, I'm a rapper and I, I'm a, a lyricist. And, I, and, and the good thing about him is he does everything. You know, he, he likes to do everything. And I think we run into that so much here. We run into people who are like, well, I do this, but I'm game for whatever. And so all we do really is, you know, present the possibility of, hey, let's do this. And and then really the students just kind of roll with it. Um, for Robert, I really wanted to find a story that he could tell. And it for that, it needed to be something that was authentically meaningful for him. Um, and I think that's where we have, I don't know, maybe a leg up on, on the the local competition what who am i kidding they're not competing with us right but in my brain okay so the point is that we can tell these stories in a more intimate way because there are stories so instead of having somebody drive in and not really know the context not really know the background i mean these are our stories so it's just so exciting we can go in there and, and i think that's what robert did i was really proud of his work um and it's great because i think you know that's just one example. There are so many other really cool stories um, that we're working on right now that hopefully, you know, people who, who subscribe to us on YouTube or, or follow us on WordPress or just, you know, all over the social media will get to, to listen in on and participate in. So, yeah. All the links, uh, by the way, will be on our uh, blog page. So as uh, the post will have all the links so you can find the Delta College television and news uh, program that uh, Adrian has been working on. Again, it is, it's a fun environment to be around. Obviously, we, we've been palling around together now for the better part of a decade, and uh, it's just it's been a wild ride. Um, yep. But that's not just all you do. You are also um, a writer for Her Life magazine, and right. uh, you get to do one of the things that I'm sure one of my <laughs> co-hosts would love to do, and that's eat and write about it. So, oh, um, gosh. Talk it's about so fun. your Her Life experience. What can I say about Her Life other than it's the best job ever? <laughs> Um, it's phenomenal. I love it. I, I get to show up to these places and the the owners there, the head chef and like the sometimes you know, they lay out all this food for us and and my job is to sit down and taste it all. It's so funny because you know, like I don't know, I think if I was like a real culinary snob you know, you're supposed to like just have like a, a bite and whatever. And I'm so, you know, you know me, Rod. Absolutely. I sit down to eat. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love that. It's so much fun. Um, of course, I do take notes and, and I, you know, think about I mean, I teach writing for the media. So for me, it's like it's fun. It, it's I get to sit there and then think, what would my audience want to know? What what do my readers care about? Um, and I've been lucky enough to to have been writing now for her life for two years since they uh, since they started here in Stockton um, well in the Central Valley I should say um, the very first article they had me on board but I wasn't officially on board yet so my photographer actually wrote the very first cravings article um, and then I I wrote the next and and all of them so far it's been a lot of fun because I, I'll tell you 
yes, the food is a lot of fun, but more importantly than the, the good food that I get to eat is I get to hear the stories of all of these local business owners. That's part of probably my favorite thing is people will ask me sometimes, you know, was the food really that good? <laughs> and I'll have to tell you, yes, the food is always that good. Um, if, if I'm not crazy about something, you know, I don't think it's fair to say, Meh, I think this is horrible. I, you have to remember, these are local people. These are local families. These are people who are working so hard every day to make a living, to put other people to work. And so, I don't know. I I think maybe my, my reviews tend to be really, really positive. But it goes along with, with the acknowledging the fact that, you know, these are local families just trying to put their business out there. And if I can help encourage other people to get excited about their food, you know, that's exciting for me. So I love that job. So between the teaching, between the eating and writing and all of that other stuff, um, you are a huge literacy advocate, as we alluded to earlier, and you uh, do a lot of work in the community to help folks read gooder. I mean, better. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, Rod. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I don't know if I were ever to to run for anything, do any. My platform would absolutely be literacy. Um, it's a theme of my life. <clears throat> I can't think of a time when I didn't know how to read, and I think I'm. I've always been aware of how blessed I am to to know that. Like I can I can think back to my earliest memory, and I think I was probably three. And I just, and I remember being fascinated. Like I was cognizant of the fact that, holy cow, I can read that sign. I can read that and look at that. I can read that and I can make sense of those letters, understand what they are and in my brain process that message. And I don't know why I was that deep of a thinker at age three in terms of understanding that what I was doing was a really big deal. I just, I don't know, I think that's been and again, a blessing for me. That's been a gift that I've I've been given. And so for me, like I kind of take that really seriously where it's not just about me being able to read, but what can I do for other people? Because I recognize that while some of us um, are, are literate and, you know, we reap the benefits of literacy, there are still way too many people in our community who are not and by no fault of their own. You know, I'll have to tell you right now, um, I can't give you any names, of course, for, for privacy, but right now, my learner that I'm working with um, through the, the San Joaquin County um, Adult Literacy Program is um, someone in, in her mid-60s, and she had a, uh, a learning disability, <clears throat> and it was dyslexia. And if you think back to what it must have been like for this person decades ago to be growing up um, and, and have this problem that we now understand a little bit more about, um, but people didn't get it then, you know, there are just all kinds of titles and, and stigma, negative, negative titles and ugly, ugly feelings associated with that. So how does that impact somebody's self-confidence, how they feel about, you know, who they are and what they can contribute to this world? It just breaks my heart. But this person was able to move past that and I'm so proud of her for the accomplishments that she's been able to have and and I respect her immensely and every single learner out there who is brave enough to say at 
whatever age they are. All of our learners are adults. And, um, and contrary to what some people believe, a lot of people, and maybe because I, I'm also um, a, an advocate for, um, for English language learners and, and all that, that some of people who I know kind of assume that the people I work with are, are learning English. And I say, no, 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 that's not at all what we're doing. In fact, the, the program, we don't even, we can't do that. That's not what, what we have, we're even funded for. Um, and I say funded, I'm a volunteer. I don't get paid anything. None of the, the uh, tutors are paid. It's a volunteer opportunity. Um, you, it's part of the, I think we're actually qualified through the VISTA program, um, the volunteers in service. So you actually pick up uh, a form, go to the library. Um, there's a process of fingerprinting and all this that you have to do through the Stockton Police Department. Um, you're cleared for that and then you're paired up with a learner. Um, and you're paired up with your learner based on you know some compatibilities, um, hopefully. And then there's like a six month requirement for you to work with this one-on-one -on -one with this individual. And I think you're required to meet at least twice a week. Um, at this point, my learner and I are a year into our relationship, and so we're meeting once a week. Um, and I just, I have so many things going on that, you know, sometimes when I say, oh, I, I have to get rid of something in my life. What am I going to get rid of? And I think, okay, I'm going to stop doing this volunteer thing. And I think I can't because I'm, I'm addicted. I love it. I love sitting down with her. I love knowing that when we met, there was a, amazing story rod when we met she was could not identify all of the 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 letters in the alphabet um now she is reading at probably second grade level and that is huge she's texting you know she's texting she's online and these were some goals because part of the the literacy program is your learner is going to have some goals for some of these people it could be you know i want to um be able to write a check i want to be able to um fill out an application it, things that maybe some of us take for granted you know and, and you step in, back and you realize that not everybody can do this and if there's something that i can do who can I, I can work with this person a couple of times a week and and i think really the truth of it is that there's nothing phenomenal that i'm doing i'm no master literacy teacher by any means but there's a lot to be said for just sitting down with somebody one-on-one -on -one, dropping everything else that you're doing and saying, I am dedicated to you working on this project. I believe that you can do it. And, and I believe that you can do it is huge. And that's why I think we've seen exponential growth, in my opinion, with this particular case. Um, I, I'm extremely proud of her. I think she's a champion. And, you know, I, I fall in love with her. As you know, I fall in love with people easily. That's, that's something that I just, I don't know. I, I enjoy seeing that growth. Again, for me, it's a lot of um, respect that I have for these people who are brave enough to say, you know, because a lot of these people, this is a hidden thing. This is not something that people talk about. It's not like, oh, hey, my name is Sally. By the way, I can't read. Not at all. These, these, are, these are people that you know. These are people that you, you go to school with, people that you, you may work with, and you, they just, they're, they're brilliant because they're able to hide this. Um, and at some point, you know, they just kind of say, no more. I'm, I want to learn how to do this. And so, you know, I, I love this program, love it completely. And I encourage all of your listeners to, uh, to look into the program because you get so much back. Um, I, I, love, I love this. I, 
I'm humbled that I'm able to work with people and, and hopefully um, put them on, on the journey to uh, literacy. So much. So much. <laughs> you even have time to breathe. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then, of course, there's my Jerry. You know, my Jerry is, uh, so I'm a dog person. We have three dogs, but one of them is a chocolate lab, and Jerry and I are a literacy team. So um, he, he's gone through uh, therapy dog training. Well, we have as a team. And so we are a, uh, a certified therapy team, and we focus on literacy. So Jerry goes into um, public schools, uh, has participate, participated with the library, and um, basically it's, it's the dreamiest thing ever. We get to go in and have little kids just read to them and feel super excited and pumped up because they can read to Jerry. And, of course, Jerry's not going to judge them. Jerry's not going to say, hey, that's not how you say that. Um, and so there's some confidence building and just a good opportunity to have fun and um and read in a no pressure environment so that's a good thing too all right well so that is the just amazing story of adriana broger we are pleased to have you on the show it's been a long time coming and uh you can always catch adriana reading her articles in her life and having your mouth actually drool on the page it's happened before (laughs) i've you know, I've had to, to clean off the drool because she makes everything sound so delicious. Oh, thanks, uh, So, Reader in Her Life, uh, how, how often does that magazine come out? Um, once a month. Once, once a, a month. month. You can always get a new one. Um, yes, it is all over the Central Valley, and um, they've now expanded into Sacramento. So, Kimberly Mullen's doing a really good job with that magazine. All right. So, there you can read her articles there. Obviously, uh, see her work in Delta College Television at deltacollegertv.com. Again, all the links will be in our show notes, so you can always uh, refer back to there if you want to find out more about adriana broger which if you don't then you're not awake so (laughs) all right thank you adriana thank you it's a pleasure to be here absolutely back with more podcast stock to write For listening to Podcast Stockton, we'd love to hear your feedback. Call or text us on our listener line at 565-3229, email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook or Twitter, username Podcast Stockton. Thanks again to Adriana Broger for coming on to the show. If you want to find out more about Adriana, you can visit her website. It's adrianabroger.com. And for links to all the stuff that we've talked about on the show, you can visit our website, podcaststockton.com. And until next time, make it great, Stockton.